0: Animale
1: Welcome to Freedom of Species. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. We are broadcasting from 3CR 855 AM studios in Melbourne, Australia. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Emma Townsend. This week we had a saturation in the mainstream media uh, regarding the shocking cruelty exposed in the sheep live export industry yet again dedicated, hardworking activists for so many years, um, you know, spearheaded by Animals Australia, Stop Live Exports, RSPCA and countless other individuals have been shedding a light on this extremely cruel industry. It is indeed an opportunity uh, to let some of that light flow through the cracks and come back on shore and in conversation talk about other issues that involve animal cruelty and suffering in Australia, some every day, and others in the form of a rodeo. Rodeos fly under the banner of a family fun day out, yet this fun or entertainment wouldn't happen without animal suffering. So that's the issue we're going to talk about today. But firstly, let's play a Style Council song called Walls Come Tumbling Down because I think it kind of reflects a a feeling, um, an energy out there that there's been so many uh, hardworking activists out there bearing witness to such suffering and allowing others to see it. However uh, uncomfortable and unpalatable it is to see or hear, they've had to persist in working hard so that we The rest of us see this suffering and can act on it. A whopping big thank you to every single one of them.
0: The fact that this has taken a few weeks to build up means that it hasn't made for dramatic pictures on our TV screen each night. And I think that affects how much people pay attention to it. 3CR, in-depth interviews that give a voice to the issues that are often unheard. I'm Gail Darcy and I'm the Rodeo Campaign Director for Animal Liberation Queensland.
1: Thank you for joining us today, Gail.
0: Thank you. Great to be here.
1: A bull broke his leg during a bull riding practice event in Rockhampton for local school students believed to be from St Brendan's College, Yapoon in Queensland.
0: Yes, that's correct, yes. Take we us through had, this, um, yeah.
1: Take us through yeah, this, please. Yeah, we had a
0: couple of volunteers up in Rockhampton for other reasons and they just saw the sign advertising the radio practice so they just went along out of interest and decided to film and yes, they captured um, a bull breaking his leg and even worse, uh, later on, that they, they remained there to see what would happen then and no, Novet appeared for about nearly an hour and so they went and asked what was going on and they were told the bet was still coming. And then they sort of hit out of the, the way and then noticed that the um, radio contractor was electric prodding the, the bull with the broken leg up a steep ramp onto a, onto a float, which is actually illegal. So they ended up being chased down the road, would you believe? <laughs> but they got away. And uh, anyway, we have made an official complaint yeah. to RSVCA for, for animal cruelty on, on that regard.
1: So, the bull in question here suffered for over an hour uh before
0: Absolutely.
1: yeah wow, before activists were actually moved on from the premises and so, does this mean what was happening at that point in time was pretty much status quo, and they thought nothing illegal was being done because that animal had been standing well, well sort of well, standing stand, yeah
0: well. It, If they're following the law, the bulls should be euthanized on the spot. They shouldn't uh, be transported when they're in a clearly incapacitated state. But what we've heard is that sometimes when this happens, the contractors like to get the bulls to an abattoir so they can still make money from the animal, whereas if they're they're euthanized somewhere else away from the abattoir, then I don't imagine that the animal would be accepted at the abattoir.
1: So this particular bull was put on a truck and a cattle prod was being used to make sure this animal was lifted onto, got onto the truck, yeah.
0: That's right. That's what they observed. And at this point, the contractor noticed them and then chased them. Can
1: you just take us through, what's a cattle prod and how is that used in the animal industries?
0: It's just like a a rod, really, um, cylindrical um, device with an electric charge, and so it's it's used to move animals along. It gives them, an, uh, you know, an electric shock.
1: So it's so allowed it's to be to, used, yeah.
0: Well, under certain circumstances. Yeah. Certainly not under that circumstance.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. In your press release, uh, you mentioned, who knows how, how many of these situations are happening, how many injuries like this take place that just go unreported. Well, that's yeah. right. I mean,
0: we really don't know. In Brisbane on the weekend, another two bulls broke their legs at at the same rodeo in in a Brisbane suburb. It was a a pub rodeo and the National Rodeo Association described it as a freak occurrence. But that same freak occurrence occurred several weeks ago in Rockhampton. It also occurred at the end of the year at a professional bull riding rodeo in Adelaide. So that's a lot of freak occurrences. So, and again, who knows, there are, it's not a requirement for, there's no national database of injuries at rodeos, they claim the injury rates are low, but it's all self-regulated, so really, who, who knows the truth because there is no system of, of keeping accurate records nationwide.
1: So there's no law or, or compliance that they, yeah, have to even keep data on? how I, bel-
0: yeah. I, bel- I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think in Victoria they have better systems, but certainly here in Queensland there's no mandatory, there's no rodeo code, there's no government code, So and there's certainly no mandatory reporting of injuries to any government authority it's all within, kept within the organization
1: which makes it easier for them to have the defense if if that cruelty is witnessed by an activist they can wash it off as being a freak occurrence it's just like the standard response when cruelty is highlighted isn't it that it's an isolated well, they can, incident they can certainly <laughs> easily
0: state that that's right yeah, yes yeah. i mean you know they don't happen every day there's There is that truth that, you know, you don't see a broken leg at every rodeo, but they're not, you know, one in a million occurrences either. Mm -hmm. But even if there's no breaking of legs, every single bull that um, is at a rodeo is experiencing fear and frustration. You know, there wouldn't be a bull riding event if the animals weren't feeling fear because the whole event is based on exploitation of their fear instincts. Because they're a prey animal. And so to them, when they have a rider on their back who's digging into their shoulders with spurs and they have a flank strap pulled tight under their belly, to put that all together and to the bull it feels like they have a predator on their back and so their fear instincts kick in and then they buck to get rid of that predator threat. So what we've been told by vets with animal behaviour qualifications is that when it's their fear instincts kicking in, they'll never... They don't learn that, oh, yes, we'll be okay. You know, they're acting on instinct and they are frightened. So to do that, all for an entertainment, is just, we believe, completely unacceptable and it's time time that people stop supporting these events.
1: They fly under the banner of a family fun day out and you can't Mm. have that family fun... It is based on, it is necessary that it, it, there has to be animal suffering there, that, that bull has to be highly stressed. and um, That's right. As you say, but yeah. I, think,
0: I think really that hasn't been all that well understood. It's because people clearly see the risks that the riders are taking and they see the riders being injured. Right. And they see and they know that the bulls are huge animals. So I think they think that the bulls come out of it comparatively better. But I think that's really not understanding the situation. It's not understanding why the bulls are bucking. They're not doing it because they're athletes or they're having fun. They're doing it because they are stressed.
1: We're talking about rodeos on 3CR855AM and you're on Freedom of Species. Gail, can we just go through then also, the life of a bull in Rodeos, are they bulls that are bred specifically for Rodeos? Or can you take us through
0: how well,
1: they end up? Well, to be up- honest, mm-hmm. Emma, we,
0: we don't have a clear idea of that. And that's something we would like to get to the bottom of. Because often the radio industry will use whatever excuse is convenient Um, to justify using the bulls in bull riding. So we hear claims by some rodeo participants that the animals are purpose-bred for bucking and that's why they love it, supposedly. And then we'll quite often hear people say, well, you know, it's better that they be a a, a bucking bull. Um, You know, we rescue some of them, otherwise they would be slaughtered for meat, And whereas they get a second chance as a bucking bull. So... Where the truth lies at the moment is a bit unknown. Maybe you know examples of both, but we we don't know the exact percentage of, of which are rescued and which are, are purpose bred for the bull riding.
1: It sounds very much there like the argument for jumps racing, isn't it? Well, we rescue them so they have a longer yes, life.
0: Even if that is the case that some are rescued, I mean, is that really a better life that they'll they'll have the stresses of of the event of the transportation and then they'll be. In the end, anyway. So it is debatable as to whether they're, they're really better off.
1: You are on 3CR 855 AM Freedom of Species, and we are speaking with Gail Darcy, the Rodeo Campaign Director for Animal Liberation in Queensland. Can you take us to the, the flank straps and the processes used here to like uh, fire up the bull or for, for more entertainment value?
0: Okay, well, again, the radio industry would say they just buck anyway. But, okay, so it's like, I think it's a sheepskin strap and it's tied around their abdomen. So, and then when the animal is in the the chute, you've got all the workers who sort of sit around or stand around the chutes. And as the gate is opened, um, then someone at the back of the chute pulls the flank strap really tight. And as I said, that, that, the bull then gets distressed by that. And so they come out of the chute immediately bucking. That's the purpose of it. And then with the animals, as soon as that, or with horses in particular, they will continue to, to buck. And then as soon as that strap is released, they stop. So it's perfectly clear what is making them buck not not a delight in doing it.
1: So a tight flank would—it's de- down on like the nether regions, isn't it? So it would be.
0: Yeah, some people. Up. Yeah. I, yeah, some people say that it's sort of bit, you know, they're gentle, but I think that's that, that isn't correct. It's really more their, their, their tummy, yeah, which is which is the area where a predator would attack.
1: Oh, I see. So that's
0: what it—that's what it feels to them as if they're under threat.
1: We're dealing with horses here as well, aren't we?
0: Yeah, well, it's a similar event. There's the bronc events, there's uh, saddle bronc and there's also bareback bronc And the same thing, there's a rider on their back uh, as they um, leave the chute, the, the flank straps pull tight. So, very, very similar event.
1: Wow, and from what I know with horses, they're such a flighty, sensitive animal like that, anyway. I, the suffering must well, be right. immense. I mean, yeah.
0: I, I've, Filmed, you know, many horses falling over during the the bronc events. I've seen them crash into into fences because they're sort of just, you know, panicking. Yeah, so injuries do happen there as well.
1: Vets don't have to be at these events at all. Is that right? Can you tell us about that?
0: In Queensland, that's the case. Yes. So, APRA, the Australian Professional Rodeo Association, in their regulations, they say that a vet should be there, should be at an upper event wherever possible. But that's not therefore definitive. It's not they must be there and where possible gives them an out. And the NRA, the National Radio Association, is similar. They're they're saying that a vet is preferable, but if that is not possible in more remote areas, uh, that someone can stand in for a vet and just have a vet but they can phone for advice and this person has to have the ability to, to euthanise the animal if, if required. But and that, those rules, we believe, are because Queensland is such a large state and, and rodeos do take place in remote areas. But our argument would be if you can't provide a vet, then you shouldn't be holding a rodeo. And, and again, even in Rockhampton uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was no vet there. And so that animal was left to suffer for what we would say was a really excessive time period.
1: Can you give us an idea or an indication of, of how many rodeos happen every year in Queensland? Or
0: um, Well, it's probably around the 150 a year mark. But I had that, i worked out that figure a while back. But then I found out that the hotel where the, the bull died in Rockhampton recently. Apparently they have bull riding events every Friday night, which I wasn't aware of until recently. So that adds uh, another 50 as well. So it's probably around 200 a year, which is way more than any other state. And we don't even have a government radio code. So um, it's really not good enough. (laughs) Yeah. You said that
1: at the beginning of the interview that the the bull that broke its leg, the local school students were there. Was it some kind of training event or...?
0: Yes, so this particular school has had a rodeo club, we understand, for about 20 years. And there are inter-school competitions and there's also a Trans-Tasman competition where they go to New Zealand and New Zealand comes over here. Um, Yes, so apparently they have a practice night at the. Great Western Hotel every Wednesday night. And so this was one of their regular um, practice evenings. And we just, yeah. we've been in contact with the school, who hasn't re- replied yet, which hasn't replied yet, because we just think it's a terrible example that the school is setting to those students because we, we understand that some of the students are from um, cattle properties, but the bottom line is that Every animal welfare organisation and animal rights organisation, including conservative ones like RSPCA, they totally oppose rodeos. And so we think for a school to just completely ignore that expert advice and just you know, have rodeo clubs is just a really poor example to students of, of how to treat animals with respect.
1: And included in those organisations is the Australian Veterinary Association, is that right? That, that, in, um,
0: included in the ones that pose rodeos? Opposing, yeah, yes. Um, yes, I think in general, I would have, I probably uh, can't tell you too much about that one, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're, they're in, uh, in opposition. I don't know of any group that is okay with them.
1: You are on 3CR 855 AM, the Freedom of Species show, and we are chatting about the, the cruelty that actually rodeos really, well, thrive on. We don't have the event of calf roping in Victoria anymore, Gail. However, it happens in other states and territories, including Queensland. Can you tell us what calf roping is and how old the calves are? Uh,
0: Yes. Well, calf roping is an event um, where the young animals... They would be be about three to six months, I think, and they are put in a chute so they're isolated from the, the rest of the herd and the, the chute is opened and normally there's a person behind the calf who then pushes them out and so they're frightened being in the chute by themselves in any case and, so, and sometimes they're pushed and slapped inside the chute. Uh, the idea is to make them basically pay attention and face the front and they, they want the calf to run off immediately so that the rider in pursuit has the best chance of, of getting a good time. So, yeah, so often the the poor calf, if they're trying to, you know, lie down or, you know, look around, they'll be slapped. And, OK, so then the chute opens, the calf runs off at full speed because he's frightened. Um, uh, a man on a horse then... Uh, ropes the calf who's running at full speed around the neck so obviously the, the neck comes to a sudden stop, the rest of the body goes flying he then dismounts and then picks up the calf slams it back down to the ground and then ties three of its legs up and the person with the fastest time is the winner of that event so routinely the calves uh, Are yeah, clearly terrified. They um, often bellow at the stage where they're being roped. Once they're slammed down, they tend to, I think they're just shocked and stunned, and then they, they don't tend to do anything then. Um, but you see the whites of their eyes, so again showing their fear, and once they're roped, they'll often really try to wriggle and, and, and get away. So uh, there's absolutely no doubt that they're frightened. And as you said, um, Victoria uh, banned this back in the 80s when a calf died during this event and South Australia also banned it in 2007.
1: You had a billboard um, made, I think, in 2016 that was actually blocked by the media. Yeah, can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, for sure. We created a website uh, called rethinkrodeos.com with the aim of getting this event of calf roping uh, banned as a first step in our renewed rodeo campaign, and RSPCA Queensland also came on board with this campaign with us. So we wanted to do a billboard to advertise the campaign and get more people on board with sending uh, messages to their state MPs. Yes, yeah, so we came up with a design and which used standard photos of the different stages of calf roping that I've outlined. And the Outdoor Media Association rejected the uh, design be- because they said that the, the images were too violent. And that's the irony that again it's promoted as family entertainment, and yet it was regarded as too violent for public consumption on a billboard.
1: Even though and, mm-hmm. and
0: fits and fits in exactly with what happens on Facebook too. Um, our calf roping uh, clips uh, get huge responses. But usually after 24 to 48 hours, uh, Facebook slaps a, a graphic violence warning on those clips. So not exactly family-friendly.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's ironic. I mean, because they're showing exactly mm. what happens there. I mean, it's, Absolutely. they're showing yeah, what it, it is. Yeah.
0: It is violent. <laughs> it is violent when you see a young animal clearly fearful and, um, you know, they're pretty much, I mean, it's not a sport. It's not, you know, man against beast. The, the calf is really just an object in this sport. It's just something to be flung around in the, in the quickest possible time.
1: You know, what a vision comes to mind is that I remember seeing some documentary years ago on killer whales and how the, the reporter was so upset because they before they eat the seal, they kind of play with the seals, on the pe- yeah. on the penguins, and they throw them to each other, it's almost like they're having fun before they kill and eat the animal i i, I don't know why I'm thinking of that, but I'm thinking what i mean there's fully grown people on rodeos uh chasing a calf who is probably how old it's small Well,
0: yes they're, yeah, they're young they're that's tiny. Right. yes yep. they're they're probably hundred to two hundred kilos yeah mm.
1: Ah, goodness!
0: Uh, no. It really is the ugliest event and it gets the biggest response from our, our supporters. Our, our car roping videos have been seen millions of times. Yeah, people are always uh, outraged. And we have heard that many people in the rodeo industry also hate this event because they know it actually is a really bad look for their sport. So... Uh, We've also heard that it's the some of the people who are the, have leading roles in various rodeo organisations are the calf ropers, so they're trying to desperately hang on to their event.
1: Right. And do you think that's why it's um, taking time to to ban that particular event because they're well, actually the people in the rodeo well, organisations? within yeah. their own
0: organisations, yes. Mm-hmm. That's why it hasn't happened. But we're we're pressuring the state government... And with our uh, campaign, it it has made the state government take notice. And and so they last year asked their Animal Welfare Advisory Board to look into calf roping. And we know that the board has um, given their report to the Queensland Minister for Agriculture. And we believe a decision will be made in the next three months. So we're certainly hoping that the, um, that the right decision will be made.
1: At the very minimum, you would like to see calf roping stopped?
0: Well, we oppose yeah. rodeos, absolutely. But when we started the, the renewed emphasis on this campaign a couple of years ago, we, we decided to be realistic in terms of our, our goals because, because of the fact that there are 150 to 200 rodeos in Queensland and they, we're, we're not denying that they actually are popular. So we felt that this call for a ban was not realistic, even though that's what we dearly love to see. So that's why we, we've had calf raping as our first step in the campaign because we thought that was the worst event and, and hopefully it was an achievable short-term goal. So mm. we'll, we'll find that out in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, but we certainly oppose all, all the events.
1: You're on 3CR at 5am, Freedom of Species Show, and I'm chatting with Gail from Animal Liberation Queensland about rodeos. Gail, the mainstream media light has been strongly on the sheep live export trade this past week, and one hopes that the this lights up um the cracks uh flowing back to onshore animal cruelty uh, that happened that we wash over in the mainstream you know every day or you know every time we see a rodeo sign when we go for a drive in the country, people such as yourself. Are shining the light on these issues and you've been bearing witness for so many years it takes a while for those walls to come tumbling down and for people to actually see the cruelty because they they fly under so many other banners of a family fun day or an entertainment or an a story
0: that always ways, all ways that rural communities can come together exactly that's often a, an excuse for them as well yes so mm-hmm. um no you're right, um, and it, it was interesting with the with the two bulls that died on Saturday uh, there are a lot of people actually a surprising number who have since contacted us to say that they were really critical of our protesters prior to the rodeo, thinking that they were hippies, and some people have contacted us to to say they feel so guilty now and would like to even apologize to the protesters for thinking that they were you know fools and some people have said they will now join us at the next protest because they were so appalled by what they witnessed with there were two animals within uh, three competitors that died and and they felt that they were just treated with you know with not a lot of respect the while the animals were being treated or you know being removed from the arena the announcers were kept joking and you know having half the crowd chant something, you know, having chanting competitions. They just felt it was such an atmosphere of disrespect that you know, lots of people have told us they will never, ever support a rodeo again. So sometimes it takes a terrible incident to get awareness out there.
1: That's progress, isn't it, when you have people contacting you saying that they've you know, changed their mind. I'm just wondering, yeah, you know, it brings to light what... Why do they still exist? Why do rodeos exist?
0: Well, I think, as I said before, I think in the past people haven't really critically, you know, looked at them. Uh, they've been around a long time. They're popular with regional areas, and I just think people haven't seen it from the animals' perspective. And and to be honest, in filming rodeos, you know, some of the arenas are large. And it's only really sometimes when you zoom in with your video camera <coughs> that you actually see the emotion of the animals. And so perhaps some people who are just casual observers don't even notice, don't even think about the animals. They're just looking at the heroics of the, of the cowboys. But in our clips, hopefully we can show that these are feeling creatures who are not having a good time out there.
1: Yeah, they didn't sign up for it. I think that's on one they of your They certainly places.
0: didn't. That's right, yeah. yeah.
1: So the cowboys sign up, but the animals certainly don't sign up for it.
0: Absolutely
1: not. Do you think it's part of also a purposeful desensitising or a grooming of people or employees to then flourish in the, the related industries to deal with animal agriculture? Or do you think it's a component oh, that helps...
0: That's helps. a tough one.
1: Yeah. I, I think
0: some of the people. Um, it's often a, a generational um, pastime too. We we hear that when we go that you know this this competitor's dad was you know champion X number of years ago. So it seems to be passed through from generation to generation in the in the competitors. Mm. So one imagines that if their if their dad and granddad have been doing these events, that's they'll have grown up thinking it's perfectly normal and acceptable. So it, it seems to be the ones that are closest to it that actually don't see it for what it is. You know, they, I think they have been uh, desensitised to to what goes on.
1: I guess it's part of that showing off of how much control you can have of a beast that are much yes. bigger than you, yeah, to kind of show off those yes. skills. Yes, it's all yeah. about...
0: That's right. It's all about supposed heroics and you know, having and dominating an animal, that's right. Yeah, glorification of, of the animals, of dominating the animals, yeah. It's, it's certainly not a way of showing kindness and respect, that's for sure. Yeah. And some sometimes they try and justify the, um, the events by saying that they are a demonstration of Stockman's skills, but that it, it simply isn't true. Um, we've had uh, Dr. Di Evans from the RSPCA who said that if stockmen were to rope uh, calves as they're doing in the calf-roping event, they'd simply be accused of, of poor practice. And there's no stockman that goes around riding bulls. So it's just a nonsense to say that it's a, a tradition of, of Australian um, you know, pioneer life. It's, that's, it's an, an important, sorry, an imported American entertainment.
1: I don't see any stockmen wanting to get on a horse, you know, all fired up, hyped up for the course of entertainment. I don't see them wanting to do their job that day and purposefully getting a horse, (laughs) you know, that's all completely frenzied away. They're not going out there saying, yes, I'll have that horse. Thank you very much to do my job today. That's right.
0: That's right. A horseman would want the opposite. They'd They'd want a calm animal, wouldn't they?
1: It is quite amazing when you look into it, when you start opening your eyes up to, wow, I can't believe. Yeah, it's just um, when animals are used like this for entertainment, we're very quick to judge people overseas when they use animals for entertainment and that is something that's, that needs to be highlighted and it's great that it is, but we do need to zoom in on our own backyards as well, don't we, when it comes to how we're treating animals.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and we really are one of the few countries in the world that has radio. Right so really? some people okay. have said that it's really like our version of bullfighting. So it's just something that should be regarded as a, as a national shame. Interesting. Especially in 2018 when we've got so many other ways of being entertained. So, you know, we just don't, no, no absolute need for it.
1: Gail, what can we do to help your campaign, Rethink Rodeos?
0: Well, um, what you can do at the moment, before our Minister decides whether he'll ban car probing, you can actually go to our website, which is rethinkrodeos.com, and there's a template there which you can add your name and address details to and a letter, an email will be sent. If you live in Queensland, it will be sent to your state MP and if you live outside of Queensland, it'll go to the minister himself. So, the more signatures we get in the lead up to when this decision will be made, we'll, we'll keep this issue, you know, in in his mind, and uh, it would be great.
1: And that's just, and of course,
0: obviously encourage people, you know, share social media clips of, of rodeo abuse and tell people not to support them.
1: Thank you very much, Gail, for your time.
0: My pleasure, Emma. All Good right.
1: to talk to you.
0: Take care. Thank- okay. Thanks, thanks then. Gail. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Three CR Radio—that's independent, progressive, and making a difference.
1: So that wrapped up our chat with Gail Darcy, the Rodeo Campaign Director for Animal Liberation Queensland. Uh, please follow her action prompts there. So go to the Rethink Rodeo's campaign page and sign away because it is imminent um, in the next couple of months that the minister will decide on whether to ban calf roping. Uh, so please do that. And also another thing to do I think that is great is if you're out um, somewhere and the restaurant, the I don't know, the pub, the bar, the cafe or anywhere else has a sponsor that is... is a sponsor for the Rodeo to just maybe gently and ever so nicely uh, have a chat about the fact that, you know, Rodeos really rely on panicked, fearful animals uh, for the event or just refer them to the Rethink Rodeo's campaign resources.
0: News, views and non-leather shoes. That's Freedom of Species, 1pm Sundays on 3CR. Time
1: for some community service announcements. There are some screenings for the Aussie Farms documentary Dominion that have still got tickets available. So in Queensland... Oh, sorry, first in Canberra on Tuesday, uh, the 17th of April at 6pm at the Canberra Institute of Technology. There are still tickets available. There's also tickets for the Sunshine Coast on Friday, the 20th of April, 6.30pm at the University of Sunshine Coast, the Sippy Downs campus. And there's also on the 3rd of May, 6pm, a screening in Toowoomba. In Queensland at the City Library building. So a very eye-opening documentary. It'd be great if you could drag some less informed people with you about what goes on with animal agriculture. Still in Queensland, Gypsy Green, the vegan bus, is having a kids' vegan cooking class on Tuesday the 17th of April in Pomona in the subway park. It's a kids' vegan cooking class that covers health, hygiene, food origins and, of course, food flavours and prep. One and a half hours of cooking with shared meal at midday, all materials and food supplied. Age appropriate, 8 to 13 with a desire to learn and cook, $15 per person, limited to 6 per class. There is also the worldwide vegan bake sale which starts today and goes to Monday the 30th of April. It's the 10th anniversary every year in April. During this period, participants from all over the world are holding vegan bake sales. And in 2018, it's bigger than ever. So you can join in by selling or giving away baked vegan goods in public spaces or privately organised vegan cafes, groups, individuals, organisations or initiatives, raise money and awareness for charities and the vegan idea. Participants choose their own venue, what to sell and how to use the proceeds. Between 2009 and 2017, the worldwide vegan bake sale has already raised more than $360,000 US dollars on six continents in over 23 countries. ProVeg coordinates the campaign. So for more information, go to the website, which is all one word, veganbakesale.org. Thank you very much to Animal Liberation Queensland and to Gail Darcy in particular. If you'd like to contact us at Freedom of Species, please do on info at freedomofspecies.org or you can contact us through the Facebook page or Twitter. Uh, Recent podcasts are available on the Freedom of Species website, the 3CR website and also on iTunes. Taking Us Out is a tune by an Australian band called Little Oberon and it's called Migration. See you next week.